Dear Ruth, well, my regular quinquennial trip back to Narches to get my funding from the Thrupp Institute and check in on my great nibbling has gone a little differently this year, my dear, and it looks as though I'll be seeing you and Soph a bit later than usual. To start, it seemed like Asta was out of town, and Hale supposedly had no funding for me, but after a little applied pressure, I learned that Hale's son Basil has gone missing out of the city, and he'll fund a search and rescue trip, so... I figure, take Basil's son Wayland along, he seems like a smart kid, get the funding, find Basil if he's still alive, and it all works out the same anyway. While we're looking for some backup, we run into a nervous Nelly of a kid who seems to have just returned from out of town, and is trying to figure out who might have been working with this worthless Dean who was mostly killed by a river spirit in Good Riddance. A kid who may very well be a genie. A smooth-talking kid who nearly got taken out by a very shady-sounding dean who is spearheading some very shady experiments with creatures from the wilds may leeches drain him dry. And the gray folk kid who's mixed up in this too and seems to be down to be hired to go back out into the wild. So we go back to Wayland's workshop to try to make a plan, but there's too much we don't know. Politics stuff. Something about the College of Reclamation. But you know I don't know anything about that. And... The kids were so twitchy, I thought, why not go see Natalia and Orach to see if they can help? We went over. Turns out it was the middle of the night, but no big deal. Family's family. Their lives needed a little excitement anyway. Orach had some good information, which I have forgotten. No big deal. I'm sure the others remembered it. And more importantly, Asta was home and seemed excited to be involved. In the end... We figure, Arch is a little hot right now, so we're going to head out. Thank goodness, because these buildings are making me a little itchy. But first, we've got to go get the rest of our funding from Hale, and Asta needs to check in with their cult. Order. Same thing. I'm glad to be doing it, too. This stuff is usually just silly, but nothing's more important than Asta's safety, so I want to see what they're about. Looks like I'll be crossing paths with you and so later rather than sooner, all things considered. But hey! Maybe when I do, you'll finally meet the nibbling in person, and this Wayland kid has a friend named Mr. Pushka, in whom I think you'll be very interested indeed. My love to the rest of the Abadi clan, and may the waters carry you safely. Cass.
welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Children of Ash, an RPG real play podcast where we tell stories about the world after the world. I'm Dylan, your storyteller and game master for the evening, and surrounding us once again is our table of players. Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Uh, so last episode, we had a new player join us in the festivities. Um, Jules, uh, we didn't want to introduce you up front and spoil the surprise, but now that we've met your character, why don't you introduce yourself and then tell us a bit uh, about Aster? I am Juliet. I'm in Brooklyn. I am a cousin of the Game Master. I play Aster, a well-to-do missionary for the Order of Dianthus, which is not a cult. With unlimited cosmic power, Aster would probably first eliminate all mosquitoes from the world. <laughs> With absolutely uh, no worries about ecological repercussions. No. I think, yep, we've definitely figured out uh, Aster's um, <clears throat> bottom line. <laughs> uh, yes, so uh, every week, um, or every episode, I suppose, uh, the players are coming to the table with a prompt that they can either uh, roll with as their character fact or completely ignore. As Juliet just introduced this week, it is uh, what would your character do with unlimited cosmic power? <sighs> Hi, I'm Josh. I play uh, Derek Henridge, a uh, hyper-conscientious bookworm with a penchant for over-explaining. Um, and if Derek had unlimited cosmic power, he would get all the books, literally all of them, ever. And do anything with them, or just have them, like, he sitting would, in I his mean, garage? Read them eventually. Well, he, he would spend most of his days reading them, but all the books is a lot of books, so most of them would just sit there meticulously organized. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Becca. I play uh, Kess, um, otherwise known as the Kestrel, a 70-year-old um, artificer. The subclass is the Totemist from the Wild Court, and um, who mostly spends most of her time in the wilds. And if Kess had unlimited cosmic power, she would just you know, she would be able to make people leave her alone whenever she wanted to be left alone. Yeah, I could get behind that. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Valentine. I'm playing Rez. Rez is a young rogue based on the Nations and Canons background of Delatant, and he is as curious as he is affable. Uh, with unlimited cosmic power, Rez would learn all the secrets of the world. He would walk through library walls into hidden halls, he would learn secret, the secrets of the Artificer and the truth of the Old World. He would travel north to the lands of the Grey Folk and see how they live without walls. He would find ways to walk into the wilds deeper than anyone, anyone has ever been before and see secrets nobody since, has seen since the coming of the tides. With all that knowledge, he would help the rest of the people on the Serpent's Run gain independence from arches. Not because he hates arches, but because he hates bullies. <laughs> so, just like a couple things. Like, you know... <laughs> Just one thing, really. Just wants to know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much, it's not his fault. There's so much to know. Hi, I'm Peter. 
I play Davith, a fighter from the north, the frozen north, who's uh, trying to make a name for himself, specifically against his twin brother. Um, and Davith, with unlimited cosmic power, um, he would bring all the tribes of the north together in an effort to uh, increase prosperity, but also safety, because they don't live with walls. They live without walls up there, so that's what he would do. Hi, I'm Jesse. I play Wayland Thrupp. Um, he is a an 11-year-old, just your average, humble, adventuring boy genius. And if he had unlimited cosmic power, he would fix everything because everything is a little bit broken. And if things weren't broken, then everything would just work. Hmm. Everything like mechanical and people and systems and machines and everything. Yeah. Interesting. Nice straightforward request. He's at 11. You know, he's still working on that, you know, sense of, of full morality and development there. Okay, yeah. I guess he is a little too young to realize that the system is working exactly as intended. <laughs> yeah, that's that's 13 when he starts to grow his hair out over one eye. Still emo like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and starts I, enjoying Spider-Man oh, 3. Yeah. Oh, 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 that was a blow. <laughs> uh, who are you kidding? You know you all loved that scene. Anyway, um I do All right. Know. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is the reaction that I shoot for. I do like that it's it started like two decades of Spider-Man dunking on itself, though. Like so many of its movies have made fun of that scene. I'm kind of here mm -hmm. for it. Yeah, yeah. I I just recently uh, rewatched uh, Into the Spider-Verse, and that that moment was so good. I'd completely <laughs> forgotten it existed. All right, so um, I guess it's actually, it's my turn. Um, I don't think it really makes sense for me to say what the world of Atumalo do with unlimited cosmic power, because either I would tell you way too much about the world and ruin some of the mystery, or, um, yeah, I don't know what I would say. So totally unrelated world factoid. Figured I would uh, explain a term that uh, the player's been hearing of players the audience has been hearing a bunch that some of the players have been saying i don't even know if you've explained it to the full table yet uh, and that is trolls this is a uh, term that i think it was jesse came up with uh yeah to describe the uh, peace wardens the local police uh, of the official government of arches there are multiple um forces like that depending on where you are in the city and actually First to them, or first to all of them, honestly, uh, as basically, uh, it's kind of like saying pigs. Uh, you know, they run a city of uh, bridges, and who gives people problems on bridges? Trolls do. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jesse and Valentin have both been contributing a lot to the language of Adumla, and uh, that is just uh, one little tidbit you've been hearing a whole lot of. So, let us begin. Aster. You find yourself, once again, 
as you've been finding yourself every night since you arrived home. In a white room. So brightly lit you can't make out corners, you can't make out the walls from the floor, from the ceiling. All you can make out is in the center of this room, there's a pedestal. And on that pedestal is a vase. A vase covered in a crystalline structure, almost crackling with what something in your bones tells you is some kind of growth as the crystals just seem to move, not when you look closely at them, but when you look kind of slightly off to the side, they reflect this light everywhere in rainbow patterns that don't really help make out the shape of the room. As you sit there, stand there rather, watching, you hear in your mind one word. See. And then you wake up. It is a bright, beautiful May morning. It's May 31st, the year is 243, as it has been for so long now. The sun is shining. You can hear birds chirping uh, outside the window. Your room, strewn around you, is... Uh, well, it is the kind of room that doesn't really feel like it's been unpacked. Everything is very neatly put away. Uh, it's almost barren, with the exception of uh, your pack in the corner and the number of items that you've kind of strewn about the floor beside it. What do you do? I think with a sense of urgency, <clears throat> Aster will get out of bed and <clears throat> dress in the clothes of their order. Which are? Which are a white and yellow uh, tunic and pants, yellow robes. And head downstairs to look for their Aunt Kess. How late has everybody else uh, slept in? Who's awake by now? I'm probably awake. Derek's an early riser. Davith as well. Not Rez. Rez is asleep. <laughs> Wayland, you were at... Uh, you went back to your workshop. Anybody go back? Who went back with you? Just me and Mr. Pushka. Okay. All right. So, uh, Valentin, you said uh, you would have slept in? I mean, to a point. If there was okay. activity around me, I might have woken up. All right. So, I'm going to say 
Aster, as you make your way down the stairs, uh, you can hear ahead of you uh, your aunt, Kess, in the kitchen, probably foraging for food, uh, with the, the voice of two of the other... Oh, well. I was going to say two of the other uh, strangers, but one of them isn't a stranger. You can hear Derek and uh, David, the uh, quiet man who was new to you last night, um, rummaging around with her, chatting briefly. You can only marvel at the fact that your parents either have not woken up or are perhaps intentionally staying in their room waiting for this chaos to pass over. Good morning. Sir, you're up. Morning. Good morning. Have we all found what we're looking for in here? Just making a uh, pot of tea. Thank you for this food. Yes, uh, thank you very much for your hospitality is uh, quite impressive. They're looking around the room. Um, are we missing one? Well, we're missing two, technically, but that one kid is sleeping upstairs. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm pretty eager to get on the road. Yeah. Had strange dreams. Interesting. You can go wake him. Davith, you know him the best. Go throw him out of bed. Davith wants to just yell at the top of his lungs. Uh, Rez! Come down! Rez! I guess I'm loud enough. All right. Quite loud. Yeah, from the other side of the house, Rez, you hear a low rumbling shout. Uh, from a voice that you definitely recognize. You in your tired stupor, you don't know what was said, but you know there was a shout. And you come awake in a bedroom not too dissimilar from Aster's. Uh, your room, however, there is... There are no personal belongings other than perhaps what you brought. It is a room very finely laid out. There is a dresser that has a nice little runner over it with a few candles that uh, look like they've never really been lit, but are definitely placed there. There's a uh, a bowl filled with uh, river stones of various unusual colors. Uh, The light is streaming in through uh, very thin curtains. I'm unsure of what time it is exactly or what's happening. Cautiously make my way downstairs. Is it a fight? I can probably tell from the lack of ongoing clatter that it is not. As you make your way into the kitchen, you just see the group of them all standing around. Bits of food and and some of their hands, and as you enter the room, they'll look to you. Who was that? Kestrel? You got a set of lungs on you. <laughs> David motions to Aster and says, there's your missing one. 
Mm. I outsourced. Good morning, Riz. Good morning. Sorry, it's it's been a while since I've been able to sleep well. What with the fearing for my life and all. Thanks for letting me sleep in. Where are we going? What's first? Uh, Asta was just telling us about a weird dream. Um, mm. Doesn't bear describing. You know how boring one's dreams are to an audience. But uh, we were going to make a stop first with your um, your little fellow. No? Maybe we should collect him? Yeah, let's check in with Wayland. Alright. You gather your things. Uh, make your way out of the house. Uh, someone give me a perception check. Oh, straight 11. Just one of okay. us or everybody? Uh, uh, I mean, whoever wants to. Uh, 19. Alright. Well, you make your way out of the out of the house, collecting your things, uh, trotting down the steps. Uh, Kess, as you lead them out, uh, holding the door open, you look back and you can see the concerned face of uh, your sister's daughter-in-law from upstairs, kind of poking her head around, checking in making sure that you're all gone uh, <laughs> doesn't notice that you see her the group of you the five of you step back out into the street which is now fully lit uh, the cobblestones reflecting uh, little remnants of dew and you begin to walk up to university arch you pass by, of course, many of the school buildings. Uh, you pass under first the collegiate guards uh, post, which shortly after is where the College of War is, where they and many of the other peace wardens and military-inclined folks around the city are trained. You pass the cafeterias, you pass the library, and then finally on the other side of the arch, you begin to find Wayland's workshop. Anything they uh, need to know, or shall we move on? Do you want to say anything before we make our way over the hill? No, Wayland is rip-roaring and ready to go. He's waiting outside. He and Pushka are there. Pushka's got a back, big, big backpack on with anything that they would have needed. And he's like, you know, trying to act cool, but definitely, like, pacing and chomping at the bit. So, collecting the young child, and uh, is Mis Mr. Pushka's with you, or no? Is he staying behind? He's, the he's coming with us. So, collecting the small child and his very, very large companion, you more or less turn the corner. Uh, Wayland's uh, workshop is right down the street from from the Thrupp Institute of Archaeotechnology. It is a relatively austere building, honestly. That's big, but plain brick for the most part. Big square doors. You pull them open and <clears throat> make your way inside. With a little bit of sweet talking your way up, 
Wayland, you and Kess are ushered up to Hale's office. The rest of you, unfortunately, are requested to sit back, especially especially after taking a long, a hard look at the very strange visage of this big northerner with wolf skin pulled over his head. Up in Hale's office, you are once again greeted by the old and not quite tired, but definitely tiring man. There's a bit of a haze. The sunlight coming in through the window behind him. So, I hear you have put together a group. Yeah, we got a good team. I think there's uh, six of us. I think we're going to need, oh, well, five of us. There's five of us. I think we're going to need, I don't know, 8,000 gold? Make a deception check on the 5-6, especially as I saw Wayland there counting on his fingers. <laughs> Very confused for a moment before I assume uh, getting the idea. That is a natural 20. <laughs> I never get those! <laughs> <laughs> uh, natural 20 for a total of? Oh, 20. Okay. <laughs> All right. He uh, <clears throat> looks over down at down at Wayland. Back up at you. Is it six thousand? Eight eight thousand, I think. <laughs> I suppose a man's got to try it. All right. Well, because you know. We got the five of us, and then any palms we need to grease along the way, and then when we find Basil, he's going to need his own money to survive on, so. You remember your son, the one who we're trying to save? Yes, the one who got himself lost, or who knows what, who might just be holding up in some southern town, for all I know. (sighs) Yes. Okay, 8,000 sounds sounds like a deal. Are you going to need to be carrying all this out with you now? Or are you... What I suppose I'm asking is twofold. One, how much of this is uh, the additional overhead that we talked about? And two, how... uh, are you paying? Are you intending to pay everyone up front, or after you have brought him back? Well, everyone's gonna get their per diem, so to live on, they need it up front. And again, you wouldn't want us to be out there and need it and not have it. I also would very much prefer that you uh, don't uh, take all of the money with you 
onto some journey only to be robbed? Swindled? Yes, yes, what is it, Wayland? Yeah, Wayland puts down his hand. Um, obviously we need some gold for, you know, the, the road. Um, Wayland's trying to sound personal about this. Um, but in the past, we've done up a proper writ with the proper seals on it to have a document so when we're out, we can show that we have this much money representing our group, but this way we don't actually have to carry the literal gold. We can just bring a sort of, you know, a document that you've signed and sealed with your uh, signet, and I've signed and sealed with mine, and it just says that we have it. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Kess can carry such a document. <clears throat> I do agree that it probably should have your seal on it uh, as someone that they may wish to speak to when they come back here to Arches to seek you out for payment, which I, I assume you're good for the 8,000, yes? Exactly. Kess is also thinking about the actual people outside of Arches and how much they are going to trust a piece of paper in lieu of payment. Um, mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I think we'll, you know, we'll take the gold. We'll take the chances. If you're really that worried, we'll take 7,000 instead of 1,000. There you go. We can leave the 1,000 here. Get it later. How about you ship with four. The other four will be here to pay off any debts that you may accrue should you lose what you have. And uh, in the instance that you are able to retrieve my son without spending all of that, then this is 4,000 toward, <clears throat> as we previously agreed, your next research mission. Cass does some quick math in her head. Right, so you got 500 a person, and you got 1,500 extra, 500 for Basil, 1,000 for unexpecteds. Could work. Like it in writing, though. You know, you understand. Fair. No, that makes perfect sense. <clears throat> he reaches into his desk and pulls out, uh, pulls out some papers, flips through them, looks for one. They, they, uh, glancing over them, it looks like some of these are forms that have already been partially filled out. And finds one and uh, pulls out a pen and ink and scribbles something on it, folds it over. Uh, takes his, his seal and realizes this doesn't make sense if it's closed, opens it back up, <laughs> puts some wax on, seals it, <clears throat> folds it back, hands it to you. Good. Pleasure doing business as always. Where do we pick up the uh, gold? Um... 
I think that it would be best if uh, you tell Veronica down at the front desk uh, where you are staying and we can have it very carefully delivered to you for now. It's a lot of money that I would rather, if it's going to go missing, does not go missing before you even left. Fair enough. Good. <sighs> Anything else? Pleasure to see you as always, Haley. Sure. As uh, soon as we're dismissed, Waylon goes out first. <laughs> he wants to get out as soon as possible. Um, <clears throat> Wayland, uh, I believe your uncles have a few tasks for you. Uh, if you would check in with them in the uh, second laboratory downstairs uh, when you have a moment. Thank you. Sure. Of course. And he says all this back to him and just keeps walking out. Turns back to his desk and starts fiddling with something in a drawer uh, as I suppose you leave or is there more that you would like no. to nope. okay. I'm, I'm gone alright what do you do on your way back down uh, I turn to Wayland and I say you're not going to check in with your uncles are you oh god no I no. <laughs> did not that? think so no let's not um, yeah. and it was Vanessa Veronica Veronica, Veronica. So yeah, uh, I think we probably check in with Veronica and tell her to send the money to workshop or Morasti's house. What do you think? Morasti's. That like you haven't met my cousins yet. We're not putting the money in my workshop unless I set up proper booby traps. Great. So ask for the money to be sent to the Morasti's house. All right. You. Uh... Uh, give the address and the Veronica, as she's writing it down, kind of takes a moment and realizes what she's writing and looks up at you and looks down at it and looks up at you and shakes her head, finishes it, puts it aside. The, uh, the, the money will be delivered by the end of the day. Great. Thank you so much, Vicky. <laughs> it's... It's Veronica. <sighs> Never mind. Um, As we walk out, I'm like apologizing profusely. I'm like, so, so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you all gather your things, I assume, uh, and head back out onto the street. And I'm just going to catch them up with how much money we have, where it is going to, this paper, piece of paper that I have, all of that stuff. So imagine that I told you. <laughs> Eric makes some notes about it. As we walk out, I just you know have a moment of rational uh, rationalizing, looking at everybody, and kind of leaning to Cass, like, do, do you do you get dressed up to go to a cult, or is it plain clothes? Um, my impression is they usually take you whoever you are. Huh. Okay. Pastor, I assume you are overhearing all this anyway. Yes, but uh, <laughs> politely ignoring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And yeah, I guess I will lead the way um, to the House of Dianthus. Alright. The House of Dianthus, which the formal name is Prism House, is on the shores, on the uh, specifically the western shore of uh, of Arches. So you make your way off of the bridge, back into the neighborhood where you were spending so much time last night, and uh, making your way through one of the nicer, honestly, one of the nicer neighborhoods uh, on the shore. Not too far away from University Arch. But I'm still going to need somebody to make a D100 roll. Let's see whether or not you encounter any uh, Peace Wardens who recognize you. Oh, boy. Oh. oh, look, he's opening a chest. This is fantastic. That is an excellent place to keep your dice, Jesse. Absolutely. Yeah, I think <laughs> Jesse gets the roll because he has the best dice set up here. All right, so this is going to be the tens, this is going to be the ones. 99. 80. I think 99 passes, frankly. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, to be perfectly honest with the 99, <clears throat> you uh, do uh, encounter a group of about four Peace Wardens uh, strolling down the street. And Aster, you have no idea what's going on, but all of a sudden, Kess just starts pulling you to the side into one of the alleys, uh, into one of the side streets as you all just suddenly divert around this Wayland, I think you are honestly the one who probably spied them first, being so small, um, <laughs> were able to uh, kind of just pull everyone aside. Somehow uh, they did not notice the huge lurking form uh, behind you, probably because he's so quiet. What is with that? I don't know <laughs> why Mr. Pushka is gigantic man is so damn silent. He's got a background pants. He doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> kind of rude, actually. I think he would have introduced himself by now. I told you, he's mute. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Well, a wave would be nice once in hey, a while. Nudge Pushka. Wave hello at the demanding man. <laughs> See Mr. Pushka straighten up and turn to you for a moment and then just a kind of awkward wave. <laughs> Silent, slow, stiff. Other words that start with S. <laughs> Feels a little disingenuous, but that, that's okay for now. Yes, uh, hello to you. He's a subtle sense of humor. Mm. You can see his shoulders kind of start to <laughs> roll a bit as though he's chuckling. <laughs> so, Prism House, uh, known by some of the younger attendees as the Prismatic Palace is a large home, late Gothic style building. It seems like it's been repurposed into something else, but it does not look like it was originally built for any purpose other than the home. Uh, it has, it's 
three stories tall, with some little spires coming off of it, dark grayish stone, but big windows, and a large porch that wraps from the front all the way around to the back. And behind it is a garden. You can see it from the front because this garden turns into a public park. It is a very large space, uh, one of the larger green areas in the city, honestly. Tall arches, pointed windows, just a bunch of intricate details. As you walk up this dark and almost uh, intimidating exterior begins to give way as you can see the inside is decorated in colors and there are, as the name might suggest, little prisms uh, in every window that are just shining rainbows throughout the entire space. There are a number of folks just milling about. Uh, so you kind of come up and just walk right into the front door. It's a bit of an open floor plan. You can see folks often one corner seem to be uh, stretching and holding poses in really awkward ways. Uh, there's a another group in a corner of the of, of the room, I guess, uh, that is just filled with books, and they seem to be sitting there in quiet contemplation. The book in front of them, but closed. Eyes closed feeling the book in their hands. What do you do? Rez, silently, approaches the people having communion with the book and tries to read the title, if there is one. God damn it. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, give me a perception check. <laughs> Throw it back at you. Give me a moment to come up with some random bullshit. Uh, that will be uh, 15. All right. Well, with a 15, uh, you can just make out. Uh, it is a, a book. The cover has this weird fractal pattern. Uh, all across it, but you can see along the spine, uh, it just reads Dianthus and the Art of Arches. And their eyes are closed? Yes. Rez touches the book. As you, as you get closer, one of the eyes opens, and as you reach out to touch the book, they just kind of pull <laughs> it slowly out of, out of reach. Rude. Walks away. As as you do this, a uh, a, a woman, maybe about mid twenties, with uh, long, autumn colored hair, walks up. And says, I'm sorry, sir. Is there is there something I can help you with? I don't know. What are they doing to that book? Uh, they are uh, absorbing it. Oh, neat trick! Can anyone learn to do that? Can I do that? Can you do that? Well, of of course, anyone can learn the teachings of Dianthus. Mm. And can you do that to any book or only special ones? Well, every book is special. I agree, but you know what I mean. One of the few things I agree with them on. 
Aster, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Aster will be kind of looking around to see if there is anyone that they know and kind of hoping that there isn't, (laughs) at least not someone that they know too well. So unless they, well, they're looking for, they're looking for Callum, the head of their order, and are hoping to find him without having to stop and explain to anyone else why they are back before they do so. So they're going to look around the room and see if he's here. And if he is not, they are going to head for his study or chambers. All right. Give me a perception check. 21. Looking around the 21. um, So in the center of this rather open floor plan, there is a stairwell that leads up. And with a 21, you see a few folks milling about upstairs, moving uh, between a few different doors. One of them, as you kind of watching them, one of them does appear to be Lethe, a woman in her uh, maybe early 60s. Not someone you've ever really known too well, but someone that you recognize as one of High Priest Callum's elders, one of the uh, lieutenants that he often delegates things to. As you do this, the woman who was talking to Rez takes his hand and just walks with him back over to the group. Hello there, everyone. Is there anything I can help you with? Um, Uh, uh, Sister, I would be um, deeply grateful if you could perhaps uh, occupy my friends and introduce them to some of the teachings while I seek an audience with the high priest. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> of course, of course. I, she, you know, looks at your, at your, uh, wardrobe, uh, back up to your face. I did not realize that we had, uh, someone returning from mission today. I will happily take your friends as uh, you uh, seek an audience with Callum. I must say he is a little bit busy today, but, uh, well, it never hurts to go knock on his door, does it? No, I think I'll have some, uh, some business he'll be interested in seeing too well, wonderful i can't wait to hear all about it i uh we've we've moved things around here a little bit uh in the last few months so uh he might not be in the room that you expect she, she kind of gestures up the uh up the stairs uh so uh, that door over to the left go down that hallway and uh his uh, his office is now the one at the end of the hall. Light and beauty to you. And to you. She turns back to the rest of you. So, 
I hear that you are delighted to learn Diantis's teachings. That's wonderful news. Uh, what? What? How? How does it work? How do you? And with that, we're going to follow <laughs> Aster upstairs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's... I will head off. All right. You walk up and you enter the uh, the door that she gestured at, which is opposite from where uh, Lethe uh, entered. Walk down this long, narrow hallway lined with some doors. and the end, open a door into this gigantic, very well-lit room. Everything in it is polished, dark wood. There are books lining one wall and a map laid out on the desk. As you knock, the door just falls open. You see a older man, a little bit younger than, than your aunt, but still old. <sighs> Leading over it, he looks up and rolls aside. Ah, ah, how can I help you? I'm just going to take a deep breath. What is it, child? I've, I've returned early from my mission with some strange... Before, before you go any further, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I don't... I'm bad at faces. Uh, where were you again? Of course, Astra Marestis. Um, I don't remember where I was. I was down <laughs> in a, I was down in a village. Yeah, I don't uh, actually remember the name of it either. We said that like four years ago and haven't said it again. Uh, yes. But I was there. It was cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing good work. Nothing, nothing went wrong in the village per se, but I've been experiencing some phenomena that I believe might be significant. Of course, of course. All feelings are welcome here. Uh, <clears throat> why don't you... Uh, looks around and gestures over to a uh, small couch in the corner. Why don't, why don't you have a seat? Let's, let's have a seat. Gives you, uh, directs you towards it and then walks over to the door and Opens it, pokes his head out, uh, looks back and forth. You can see him bang on the door, like the next door down the hallway. <clears throat> can you, uh, can you bring us some tea? You get someone to just... <sighs> I'm thirsty. Closes the door. Sits back down. <clears throat> <sighs> All right, then. Now, tell me, what's going on? It sounds strange, but I've been experiencing what I can only describe as visions. The first, I was during my initiation, and I thought I per attributed perhaps to the excitement of the experience. And a bright light overtook me, and the one word I could hear in a strange voice was E. The next day, I left for my mission, and 
all was well. A few months passed, and I heard the same word again, this time with a, a streak of light across the sky. And since then, the same voice has appeared to me in dreams, swathed with bright light, and sometimes, most recently, in rainbows, like the prisms in our windows. It's a room so bright I can't see with an urn at its center. Are you insinuating that you... Sorry, not insinuating. Are you saying that you believe to be speaking with Dianthus? I don't want to be presumptuous, but oh, I no, don't... Oh, no, no. Of, of course not. No. Such things are... <clears throat> Many of our students express similar overabundances of spiritual enthusiasm. Uh, I'm sure that this mixed with perhaps the stress of, of your mission, have you ever, have you ever left the city? No, but these, I wasn't, I wasn't stressed. I was, I was quite happy in my way doing my mission work, but the persistence of these dreams and their tangible quality um, creates a sense of urgency. And in some of them, even in the bright light, the voice says, free me. I see. A, a phenomenon has come to my attention in my travels as well an urn a different kind of urn some companions and I found that I can only say contains the spirit or non-corporeal aspect of an artificer from long past and I I fear our own spiritual leader may be trapped in a similar fashion hmm. <sighs> Callum shifts a little on the seat you realize that <clears throat> you realize that Dianthus only ever speaks to elders of the order, right? I do. For the first time, really, you pause and take notice of the difference between his garments and yours. You, as you said, you are wearing white and yellow with a yellow robe over it. He is wearing a white and gold robe with little strands of what look to be perhaps silver and actual gold woven into it. 
Have you perhaps have you heard voices before? Not before the moment of my initiation. Well, what would you... Let's, if we may assume, take this at face value, what would you suggest be done? What kind of actions do you think the Order might engage in? I thought you might know. I felt only that it was my duty to tell you. Well, very good. Well, then, <clears throat> you have told me, and we can take it from here. And if the dreams continue? I would say, if the dreams continue, calm yourself knowing that you have already brought the message that you have already delivered. If there is nothing more that you are being in instructed to do, then best case scenario is that you are indeed being spoken to, however unlikely or rare that may be, uh, and you have delivered the message. Worst case scenario is perhaps this is something else, something more personal, shall we say, and the best thing you can do is to let go of it. Um, at this point, Aster is going to become frustrated, going to cast light, uh, not light, um, going to cast fairy fire on, I guess, is there a table between them? Um, or actually, no, it's in a 20-foot cube, so I'm going, I'm going to light up this whole cube, <laughs> our whole cube. Something significant is happening here. I was told to see, and I am not going to walk away blindly. Okay, so he gets a dexterity throw. What is your um, spell save DC? My spell save DC is... It's 12. Okay. We've already killed my boss. Are we keeping this going? <laughs> so that's a four. The room lights up bright, shining, glittery masses everywhere. Uh, he's outlined in bright light. He takes a moment. He steps back. He sits back down into his chair. Well, that's new. Listen, we... We will take this seriously. But... This sounds like... Unless you have some other idea of what to do, it sounds to me like you need to just trust whatever it is that needs to be seen. Either you will see it, or perhaps it was for us to see and we'll see it. Looking down at his uh, robes, which are glittering even more in the, the light, Trying to shake off these little bits of, of these particles of light that seem to be clinging to him. Just kind of trying to brush them off. Have any other initiates been thus affected? This is... <clears throat> no, no. This is new, as I said. And I'm 
going to have to confer with Arian and Lethe about uh, <clears throat> what exactly we do here. But I can't give you any promises. I can't tell you what will or will not happen. I can only say that perhaps you need simply be patient. And I have leave to follow these visions where they may lead me? You have already abandoned your mission. I think that... I think that you are probably... I would... I would advise caution. I would advise patience. I would advise... Perhaps being a little bit prudent about... He flicks another particle off of his robe. About this. <clears throat> um, I will... It lasts a minute. I can't dismiss it. So it's just going to last a minute. At this point, it is kind of slowly beginning to fade. You are having a conversation. It's not like... It's concentration, so you can dismiss it. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, so I will dismiss it when he says that. Around this time, you hear a light knock at the door. Yes, come on in. Come on in, Carol. And a woman comes over with a tea tray and sits it down on the desk. But in that moment, we are going to pause up here and we're going to go back down stairs to the rest of the party. So you see everybody, uh, Dianthus is a wonderful, wonderful being. Light, art, everything, everything. Now, if you would, and this woman begins to gesture for you to walk with her around the grounds. What are you doing? Uh, Derek is trying not to ruffle feathers and also <laughs> trying to do as little as possible to engage them in conversation because uh, this whole cult is ridiculous. And also loud and annoying. I'm following, but my head is kind of on a swivel. Looking at all the, looking at like other peculiarities of this place, like people absorbing books with their hands. Waylon, for the first time, is feeling a kinship with Derek. <laughs> you know, sees him trying to hide his emotions. Like, good, it's obvious in his face. I don't need to show it. Okay. But he's kind of grumbling, got his hands in his pockets, you know, real petulant kid, just. Uh, Davith is just following and is also, uh, like, deep down, you know, waiting to get on the road and make that gold. Kess is, Kess is playing along and trying to figure out what this is all about. The hokey pokey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I couldn't, I could not. Uh, all right. Everybody give me a perception roll. Alright. That is... Ooh, that's a one. Eleven. Thirteen. Sixteen. Nine. So, as this woman who 
introduces herself to you all as Alara, is pulling you around. There are a few things that you notice. This lower portion of the house, very open for the most part. There is uh, a large dining room off to one side. The library is open to the to the the main front hall. Things that are very unusual. Uh, the kitchens. There is a door closed off to them, off to the side. There is a stairwell that she mentions behind a door. It goes downstairs to the basement. Uh, she, she says, "Yeah, it's it's all right. Nothing. Nobody ever goes down there. It's mostly just you know rats and." Rats and food storage. Uh, and that porch that wraps around comes back to gigantic French doors that open out to it and beyond it down to the park. In the gardens, you can see there's a pool. Uh, not a pool like a swimming pool, but a pool as in... Well, I mean, there are people swimming in it, but uh, more like a, a artificial pond. But as you are being pulled out of the house, Rez, there's one thing that you notice. You spy behind you, walking down the stairs, a woman that, as you see her, there's something that is very familiar about her. Hmm. She... She has her shoulders back, head held high. She's walking down the stairs with something of frustration. You can see her pace back and forth, a circle for a moment before storming back up the stairs. Unlike everybody else here, she is not wearing the robes. She is not wearing anything other than the dark tunic and jacket of the university. Hmm. I turned to Alora. Alora, wasn't it? Um, uh, Alara, yes. Alara. Do you have many uh, ties with the university here at the, um, the sect, the order? Oh, uh, <clears throat> I mean, of course we have. I mean, many of our members are, in fact, uh, students, or even we even have some professors among our ranks. Uh, the I'm, I'm not great. Order of Dianthus was, sorry, I'm not great with faces. The uh, woman who just walked inside, I think she's a friend of mine, but I'd be embarrassed to go up to her if I'm wrong. Do you know her? Uh, she turns, and uh, at this point, the woman is is gone. She has walked back upstairs. She's tall, wearing dark robes. Let me know if, when, if, she, if she comes around again. Let me know if you recognize her. Okay. We, as I was saying, we were founded, in fact, by scholars. Uh, that's how we uh, came to, to be. That's how we know the ultimate truth of Dianthus comes from scientific fact rather than uh, just... <clears throat> I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, nothing, nothing. Just, oh, no. uh, just a... Uh, just a twitch, uh, yeah. a tickle on my upper lip is all. Yeah, just mm, contagious. Yes. Now, Derek, these people can read books without cracking the cover. I would think you'd be all up 
about learning more about this group. Oh, yes, if such a thing was possible, I certainly would. If you'll excuse me for a moment, I'm going to go see if she is my friend. Just one moment. I'll be right back. Don't wait for me. I run back up to the door, and as unobtrusively as possible, I poke my nose inside to see if she's readily visible. As you walk away, Alara just reach. I, I'm sorry. I, uh, you are all supposed to stay uh, with a chaperone than the grounds, but I suppose uh, we can. If you don't tell anyone, I won't get in trouble. How about that? Okay. Uh, and she just composes herself a moment and then begins to walk you out onto the, the back porch. Rez, mm. you walked over to the stairs and then up. You said, "Uh, she, she is that where she went up?" Yes, yeah. She she walked up the stairs. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna like see if I can go partly up the stairs and get a better look at her face. Uh, if she's not clearly visible, I suppose I will probably won't push it too far. You begin to walk up the stairs. And you get part of the way there, and then you realize she is at the top of the stairs on the landing, back to you, speaking to someone. I move quickly and quietly up the stairs. Sneakily? Stealthily? We hope. I was going to leave it unsaid. That's the aim. <laughs> Give me a roll. Fourteen. Well, with the 14, uh, you feel like you're you're probably well hidden enough. You are remaining out of eyeshot of anybody. You're keeping her between you and whoever it is that she's speaking with. Are you going to try to listen in? I sure am. Absolutely. They seem to be uh, having a bit of a quiet argument about something. You can hear the woman, I need to see Callum. He's busy. Look, there, there isn't enough time. I, I need, I need more time. Well, you said you could do it. Yes, but recent events have, they've caused delays. I. The date is fixed. It must happen on the solstice. Well, fine, but I can't even begin to approach that without. I need, I need protection. I need, I need further assurances. I, any risks taken will be worth it. Look, afterward, everything will be different. Everything will be changed. Everything will be fine. Look, I am not one of your zealots. I need more than that. I need, wait, what was that? Did you hear something? She begins to turn toward you. I no longer stealthily just make my way up the stairs, not looking at them as if I have an invitation, and walk past them. Give me a performance check. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, 21. They both kind of stop silently, turn to you. You can see them out of the corner of your eye as you walk past them. The person that she's talking to is one of the two women that you saw 
at the top of the stairs when you first walked in. Her, you don't really see very clearly out of the corner of your eye, but the woman from the university does seem to bear a striking resemblance to a certain dean. Mm-hmm. And then you walk past, open the door, go down the hall. Great. Is there another set of stairs down? <laughs> uh, are you going to just start searching the house for another way down? I was wondering if there was an obvious one. No. Uh, not an obvious one. No, you uh, opening the door, you enter into a hallway that is uh, lined on one side with doors. Hmm. Door, but then maybe, you know, 20, 30 feet further down, door. You know, 20 f- f- feet further down, door. And at the very end, just a door facing you. I make my way down to the end of the hall. Mm-hmm. Knock on the door. Uh, I'm busy. What well, is it important? No, I'm just looking for the bathroom. I'm so sorry. I thought it was the store. I'm I'll, 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 sorry. I'll, I'll find my way down. I'm so sorry. And in that moment, um, as you kind of begin to back away from the door, it opens. And there is an older man. Well, I shouldn't have chosen the door at the end of the hall. That's the important door. (laughs) (laughs) In white and gold threaded robe, blue eyes, very seriously staring directly into yours. And over his shoulder, seated on a couch off in the corner, you can see your new friend, Aster. Oh, Aster! Hello, we were wondering, uh, we were wondering how you were doing. I just came up here to find a bathroom and found you instead. How lovely. I'm so sorry for interrupting. I didn't realize you were having a meeting. Uh, yes, I am having a meeting with the head. Oh, God, that's so terribly embarrassing. I will go find my way back down to the group then. I apologize. You know this one then, do you? He says as he turns his back to you and closes the door. Uh, not well. Recent acquaintance through my aunt. You might have heard of her. She's known as the Kestrel. Yes, yes. We certainly know your aunt. Well, is there anything else? If there's anything you can tell me that might make sense of what is happening or what I might do, I want I want to do what's right by the order. I came here because I thought it it's what was best. And if I can make a persuasion check, I would like to make a persuasion check. Sure, go ahead. Oh. That is a 22. What? 22. Callum leans back against the closed door, sits for a moment, thinks, and then looks at you. I... I think that this is... 
I think that there is a very good chance that this is nothing more than overactive spiritual enthusiasm. But, but, if you truly believe that there is more to it, then I, I would encourage you to speak to some of our patrons, for lack of a better word. <clears throat> we have a few members of the university who are exploring some of the more, uh, shall we say, scientific elements of this uh, entity. I will if he'll point me their way. I, I'm, I'm certain there's more, and I, I could show you, but as you mentioned, I am trying to be discreet. Very well. He takes a pen and ink and a small slip of paper, writes something down on it, and walks over to you and puts it into your palm. Start here. Thank you. And I will kind of, I'll do a little bow. He bows back. Shall I try and let you know if anything else happens? Please, by all means. Uh, but uh, I will, I'm sure, also hear anything that comes through from any nods his head towards your now-closed fist with the paper inside of it. Uh, thank you, then, and I will go. Before you go, I really would recommend, and he picks at something on his robe, <clears throat> keeping uh, some of these, takes a little piece of fuzz off or something, speck of something off of his robe and flicks it aside <clears throat> to yourself I, I would highly recommend discretion thank you that's wise now I will leave the room alright when I'm on the other side of the door I would like to look at the note he has given me alright I will tell you what that says after the session Rez did you make your way back downstairs or are you sitting awkwardly in the hallway i pause for a couple of beats in the uh in the hallway and okay. then just make my way back down as if i've completed my errand okay as you are walking back down the two women are still speaking to each other in the corner uh on the landing although much more quietly and off little bit more in the corner more to the side a little bit more discreetly they pause as you come out and wait for you to continue on mm. at the top of the stairs can they still see me oh yes yes i mean they're, they're on the landing so 
Okay, I, I, you, you mentioned a door before, and I wasn't sure what part of that they were on. So it's the landing at the top of the stairs. I guess technically yeah. it's more a balcony than a landing, but... Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. then I, uh, I make my way right back down. Well then, Aster, as you exit, the hallway is empty. What are you up to? I'm going to go back to find my group. All right. Everybody else, what are you up to? Trying really hard not to engage any cultists in conversation. <laughs> Waylon's gotten to the point where he's just kind of being a bit of a pain in the ass. You know, she's, you know, he keeps bringing up the book thing and just going like, so this is amazing if this works, if they can really read it through, we have to test it. I mean, we could set up a blind study where you'd have them with the, where they, they think it's the book or that it is the book and we could have a double blind study and obviously you know, we'd have to reproduce it. This, I mean, if it's, really really happening then i mean this this changes so much about actual i'm about about science well they're they're not actually reading the book they're uh they're absorbing it what the they're they're gathering information entirely separate from the explicit words they're 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 taking in the <laughs> author's meaning the spirit of the book as a I very seriously just kind of go up to her like, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of them are, but how do you know some of them aren't just aren't bullshitting you? Maybe they're making it up. She stops <laughs> what she's doing for a moment, <clears throat> looks at you, purses her lips, closes her eyes for a second. You don't understand. They wouldn't do that. They we don't, they'd say they wouldn't do that. We don't lie here. But if someone's a liar around a bunch of people who are honest, how would you know? Oh, we, we would know. We'll trust, just I mean, trust us. We would know. I'm, sh I'm sure you would. I'm sure you have nothing to be worried about. And I just start walking. While Wayland has Alara occupied, um, are we outside now? Are we, where, where are we? Uh, I would say at this point, you're probably no longer on the porch, standing in front of the porch, somewhere between, like, the beginning of the garden. There are tall shrubs and trees, and it's a very cleanly manicured garden, but with lots of visual barriers to make it feel a lot bigger than it is. But you can still see the porch. It's an enormous thing. Great big stone steps leading up to a dark wood lined massive porch, frankly. Hi. I'd like to then while Wayland is maybe distracting Alara or not, I'd like to just kind of be ambling around a little bit and looking at everything really hard to see if there's anything that jumps out to me as being kind of out of place or hinky or anything like that. What kinds of things? Um... And give me a perception check, or I guess actually an investigation. This would be more investigation than perception. Yeah, I think anything within the building itself, like if there seems to be something off like, I was interested in the basement that nobody goes to, but we're not where I can see that. So, like, if there's anything within the structure of the building itself that seems, like, built oddly, or any people that seem 
maybe a little bit less um, integrated into the zen of the place. Um, and that's an eight, so... You notice some architectural features don't mesh properly. <laughs> Feng Shui is way off. <laughs> uh, with an eight, uh, <laughs> kind of assuming that you've been doing this not just in this moment, but leading up to it. Yeah, so, I mean, as I said, most of the space is open, other than the few closed spaces that I mentioned. Um, the stairs leading upward uh, seems to be a kind of a totally different space, because you saw doors, which you weren't seeing a lot of. But there's plenty of people down here just lounging, as far as you can tell, frankly. Sitting quietly, there's a young man off in the corner playing music. Uh, actually, off in the corner of the porch, rather. Down off, uh, kind of on the outside, looking back, I mean, it is strange that the uh, prismatic palace is such a oddly dark building, um, but uh, the windows and the prisms in the windows certainly making the interior light up. Uh, yeah, I mean, looking at it from the back, looking at the, the house from the rear, uh, you can see off to, uh, off to the right, the street on the far side, between the side of the house and a series of shrubs. There's, I mean, there's a side entrance underneath the porch, but everything else yeah, it's... You don't really see anything that jumps out at you too much. Tap, 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 tap. Yeah, but that was for you. That was tapping for you. <laughs> <laughs> Rez is just sitting there doing a little tap dance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so was, uh, have I made my way back to the group yet? Uh, yeah, I would say around this time, um, you make your way back, uh, followed only a few moments later, honestly, by uh, by Aster. I would immediately go to go to um, Alara and say, Alara, are you uh, preparing for celebration, a solstice celebration? Do you celebrate the solstice? Of course, we celebrate the solstice. I mean, this is this is a, the day when we have the most sunlight of the entire year, when the the light is mm. brightest and. Of course. Do you do you feast? Do you have rites? Uh, is it a is it a celebration that anyone can attend, or is it members only? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I suppose it's a, a little bit of of both, really. It's not a particularly closed event, but mm -hmm. uh, very few really are interested in our uh, traditional activities. Can't imagine why. Absorbing the sun during. Dianthus's greatest day. Rez, uh, don't you remember we have that thing? Oh yeah, I was just uh, I was just wondering. It's been a while. They do solstice down south where I come from. I kind of miss it, but you're right. We have to. We're really heading out of town shortly. I'll have to, I'll have to come back next year. Yes, you will have to. Um, do 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 that in your own time. But fully enjoy. Yes. Thank you. We will, and of course. All are welcome. You are. Our hall is always open to accept new members who uh, feel that they are ready to embrace the 
the light of Dianthus. Yes, 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 of course, of course. Under my breath to Derek. Awfully, uh, awfully dismissive for somebody with a genie in their pocket. <clears throat> <clears throat> you don't know what their parties are like. Do you? <laughs> I could barely get any work done when they were partying downstairs from my old office. Oh, dear. It was miserable. When's the solstice? How many days from now? Are you asking me or are you asking I'm asking Alara. Uh, oh, uh, well, uh, let's see. Today would be the 31st. Oh, uh, so three weeks. Three weeks. Okay, great. Maybe we'll be back by then. Thank you. Well, we will look forward to it. Mm. And there's Aster now. Hello, Aster. How was your meeting? Sorry to interrupt it. Very productive, thank you. Great. Good, good. At least this trip wasn't uh, painful for no purpose whatsoever. I'm sorry. You were you were in pain? Is, oh, is there yes, something we uh, can? No, just we have sorry, medics. Yes. <laughs> Didn't realize I said that out loud. No, I just, uh, just, uh, a bunion. Uh, it's just, it'll, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll just, uh, I favor our, my foot. Our medics are wonderful. Oh, just, no, I've, I've, I've got, I've got my own, but thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just fine. They have, they have. He's got a bag full of crystals back at the house. They have discovered a means of fixing everything that is wrong with you. Uh, with just pressure points on your hand. I'm sure. Yes. I sincerely doubt that you'd ever be able to fix everything that was wrong with Derek. Exactly. Thank <laughs> you. Wait a minute. <laughs> My dear friend Derek is, uh, he's experienced some spiritual pain, but don't worry, I am already working with him. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Esther. Uh, very well. Very well. I trust then that you are. In good hands. Oh, yes. <laughs> Most definitely, yes. Hess looks at Aster and says, You get what you needed? As much as I'm going to. Right. Great. Uh, let's be on our way, then. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Davis sighs heavily, and he's like, Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Wayland is practically pulling Kess out. He's like, thinks he knows the door is, doesn't really care. Just kind of like, all right, ready to go? We're going? Okay, okay. It's like, when you take a puppy for a walk and they run ahead and stop, look back, like, you're coming, right? You're coming? Okay. What is everyone's damage? This place is beautiful. There's music. Pretty girls. What? Whatever. Let's go. Hang on a second. Uh-oh. Uh that was a four in the performance roll. There is music-ish. <laughs> There's that one guy who just brought his guitar and won't yeah, shut up. Yeah. Wonderwall! <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no. So he starts playing it over again because it's the only song he knows. God. I thought I only had happy memories of summer camp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, summer camp would be leaving on a jet plane. Yeah, yeah. It, actually, dear God, it would be. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot and, of. And um, what was the free falling? Free falling. That's the song. Yeah, we yeah. In, yeah. Now, yeah. Dis despite Rez's um, dipl diplomatic overtures, he does seem eager to get to the door. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. Well then, are you making your way away from the house through the grounds then lead into the public park? Are you uh, going back through the house? Are you going around the side of the house to the streets? Let's go through the park. It looks like a lovely walk. Can we get out this way? Oh, yes, yes. No, this is this is all... This is uh, accessible to everyone. Oh, wonderful. This way, everyone. Farewell. And we are going to end there. Children of Ash is Becca as the Kestrel, Jesse is Wayland Thrupp, Josh is Derek Henridge, Juliet is Astra Marestes, Peter is David Davidson, and Valentine is Rezor. My name is Dylan. I've had the pleasure of being your storyteller this evening. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Fester Spunk, and this episode features sound design by Tabletop Audio. Episode 5 has already been recorded and shouldn't be too far behind this one. To be the first to know when episodes drop, join us on Discord, follow us on Facebook, or support our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, a special status on the Discord server, and they help us pay for equipment and other things that provide you, the listener, with a better experience. Links to all of these can be found in the episode description. We love you all, and we'll see you down the road. He's frozen. Uh oh. I thought he was deep in thought, but yeah, I thought he was being stoic. <laughs> if we hey, oh, hey, DM's <laughs> gone. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> I stabbed the woman at the top of the stairs. <laughs> I steal the books. I find the vase full of prisms. I drink it. I burn the books. I drink their deity. I do appreciate the cat cameos in the back of half of your screens. I like the way, Josh, that your cat was like st- sitting there as if it it was looking after you. Like, <laughs> oh, I missed that when I got up. Where have you gone? <laughs> oh. Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> <laughs>